What was your favorite onboard activity? Oh, I didn't do much apart from eat. Well, there you go. That's an activity. Welcome back, everybody. This week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast, and we are bringing back a guest that we are very excited to have on. We had Emma on way back when. I'm forgetting the episode number, but Emma is an award-winning cruise blogger and has a vlog that is used by tens of thousands, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of people to research cruising, understand cruising, and get Emma's opinions on cruising. And so we are excited to have Emma back on today because she took her very first Disney cruise. And so, Emma, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, we're so excited to chat with you about one of these UK staycation cruises. Uh, as we know, that's the that's one of the ones you went on. Is that right? Yeah. So I thought this is my chance. It's not often that Disney comes to the UK, but I'm from the UK. One of the ships came over here and I thought I'm going to take my opportunity and I'm going to try it. And I did. Yeah. And you, you got to go on the original ship, the Magic. I did, the Disney Magic. It was a three-day cruise that went to nowhere. But that wasn't <laughs> really the point for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and, and to set this up for folks too, um, I think when we last talked to you, your vlog was called Cruising Isn't Just for Old People. It's since been rebranded over to Emma Cruises. Folks should head over and check that out. We follow Emma's adventures all the time, and so we're excited to see her taking a Disney cruise. But Emma, do you want to remind folks, I think it's always staggering and good to understand how many cruises and cruise lines you have sailed? Okay, good question. I think I'm on 38 cruises and I think 13 cruise lines. I need to double check my list, but something around that. I've been cruising since I was 11, um, so it's spread over quite a long period of time, but I've definitely ramped up my cruising in the last couple of years with with my channel and everything like that. Well, you recently turned your channel into your kind of full-time job. So you've been cruising a lot recently, correct? Yes, thank goodness. So I (laughs) left my traditional job in March, just kind of betting on when the cruise industry would restart. Obviously, 2020 wasn't wasn't brilliant for the cruise industry, (laughs) but I left within, you know, it was only a month later that I went on my first cruise again in May. Uh, so it was fantastic timing. I didn't know. I just, I just kind of took a bit of a gamble, and thankfully, it's it's worked out because I, I never would have been able to get enough time off work for the things I've, I've been able to do this year. So yeah, that's amazing. And we know that you have been able to tour many other cruise ships other than the ones that you've actually sailed on because of your channel. Is that right? Yeah. So sometimes if there's, you know, a new ship that's launched, they'll do like a press launch event and they'll have um, journalists and and people like me on board. Sometimes I'll be kind of invited on cruises that I would never personally have have decided to go on. For example, I've taken a few river cruises, which isn't anything I've ever thought about. I've cruised with Viking, which is very far out of my budget. But yeah, my channel and my website and everything allows me to try those things, which is nice. Well, we're going to talk about your Disney cruise, but I want to try to do this a little bit differently. I don't want folks to miss heading over and checking out your review on YouTube. So I don't want to just walk through the review end to end. I kind of want to dive in and out here a little bit. But I want to start with an overarching question, which was heading into this cruise, Emma, what were the impressions and expectations that you had for a Disney cruise? Just to set that up. Okay. So I think think almost everything I know about Disney cruising comes from you guys. It comes from you. You've told me what's included in the cruise, what the entertainment's like. Everything, I think, has been what you have told me. So kind of I went in with all the knowledge you've given me over I don't know how many years. But I honestly, I don't know what I expected from this cruise. I thought, this is my chance. I'm just going to go into it with an open mind. What happens, happens. And I, I honestly just thought it's it's a three-night cruise. We'll just take it as it comes. And I tr- I tried not to go into it with too many kind of ideas. I knew it's a Disney cruise. I knew it'd be very, very Disney, but I didn't, I didn't, I was surprised by it. And and heading into this cruise too, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was just the COVID aspect of it, meaning less about protocols and things like that, which we've all heard so much about. Have you, you've sailed on other cruises since the restart. And I'm curious, what expectations have you had generally about activities and things or things that you learn through those cruises? Because I think the offering on Disney is reduced. Did you find that offering reduced on other cruise lines too before you uh, before you headed out with Disney? 
Yeah, so I've, I was on the, the very first MSC cr- cruise that we had in the UK back in May, and I've cruised with Celebrity Princess and, and Virgin um, since then. So I've tested uh, different cruise lines. I kind of, obviously, this was my first Disney cruise, so I went into it and reported on what happened. And since I've come back, I've had a lot of messages that say, you know, oh, looking at that daily schedule, it looks really reduced from what I was used to pre-COVID or all the, the buffet hours are reduced. And I didn't know anything about that because I don't I haven't cruised with Disney before. I haven't found really on any of my other cruises that anything has been reduced. It's just kind of like what life is like on land for us now. Like here, we we still normally wear masks when we're wandering around and you just wash your hands more and it doesn't really affect the cruising experience. But it's something I've learned a lot about since I've, I've come back from this Disney cruise. I'm not sure. Some people have said that I did the sailing right at the end of the season. Um, and some people said they didn't have enough crew on board. So things were cut down for that reason. Not too sure, but I don't go into a cruise expecting things to be closed or it's always kind of been the same as, as pre-COVID, just with a bit more mask wearing and social distancing and stuff like that. That's interesting to to hear the difference in experience just from the standpoint of I'm guessing that Disney's protocols are modeled more after the US-based cruise protocols. Although even here, I think we're hearing different cruise lines are doing it differently. And I think Disney is on the conservative end of that. So Yeah, I was going to say, even I heard from a friend who took a carnival cruise out of Galveston, Texas, not too long ago, that once they were on the cruise, um, after they had done you know, te- pre-testing, they didn't have to wear masks at all on the cruise, which is obviously very different than Disney and some other cruise lines. But I think there's a lot of variety. I mean, for me, all the cruises have been pretty much the same this summer, apart from my cruise with Virgin. And Virgin was very much like that. We were all vaccinated, we were all tested. So when we got on board, masks, no one really wore masks. There wasn't really much social distancing. It was just like kind of life before, which was kind of nice. Um, But the rest of the cruise lines, I'm very used to, you know, seats being kind of closed off for social distancing and um, them kind of staggering people through venues. But yeah, Virgin was the only one for me that was that was different from the rest. Disney were the same as Celebrity or Princess or any other line. Now, on this cruise, it was you and your mother. Is that right? The two of you who went? Yes, it was my mum. Just me and mum on this cruise. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought I thought it'd be nice. (laughs) Is your mum a Disney fan? Yeah, I mean, we went to, I think the only Disneyland we went to when I was a child was Disneyland Hong Kong, which was lots of fun. But I thought mum would, out of my family, my mum would be most up for the kind of singing along and everything that comes along with the Disney cruise. So. I thought Emma and Mum trip. We've never done, you know, a trip like this before. So um, when it came up, we thought we'll we'll try it, and we did. That's nice. It is definitely the kind of trip that you want to bring the most Disney person in your family. <laughs> yeah, I I can't imagine if I bought my my dad wouldn't have enjoyed this cruise at all. So I think <laughs> Mum was the right choice. Well, I thought I thought we could call out as we go here just a few things that as so we've watched the review. I think we we're telling you ahead of the show that we've watched the review. And again, I don't want to repeat the review end to end because I want folks to go over and check it out. I think it's a really well done review and a really balanced review. And I should call out for everyone out there listening. Our show, while we love Disney Cruise Line, is not an advertisement for Disney Cruise Line. So we frequently bring people on who have a balanced perspective. We've had some folks on recently who've sailed Royal Caribbean and loved it, who've sailed Celebrity and loved it, uh, who are also big Disney Cruise Line fans. So uh, as we go through this, it, it's going to be a balanced review. And I think that that's, that's always fair. And I think we should always be educating ourselves on the other products out there and where Disney is shining and where it's not. So Right. And the differences. Oh, and the differences too. Yeah. Which, which brings me to, I kind of wanted to sort of walk through a few things that I think you called out in the review as like, that struck me as really different <laughs> from what I've experienced before. One of them was the stateroom. And so what I think one impression you had of the stateroom was it's one bed and one bed only. I have no option here to split this bed up. And my mom and I are now going to be faced with you know, sharing either a bed or someone sleeping on a couch. And so, yeah, what was your impression overall of the of the stateroom? Yeah, so I, I, it never crosses my mind when I book a cabin for two that it's going to be either a twin bed or one bed. It's just always been like that on every every cruise I've ever been on. So I didn't really think about it. Fair enough, I was cruising with my mum and and on the Disney Magic the ship you have you have one bed. That's your option. It would have been fine for me to share a bed with my mum, but I was I was in the sofa bed um for that that cruise, which was just something I hadn't. It was fine. It was very comfortable. It just was something I hadn't ever really thought about before. Um, I really liked the kind of set room with the toilet in it and then the room with the bathroom in it. I thought that was nice. We had a veranda, like quite a big, big cabin, which was really good. And yeah, I like the cabin. I like the free room service in there. That was nice too. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. 
So for folks who who are listening who maybe haven't been on a Disney cruise before, I guess, you know, I would say, Emma, it hadn't occurred to us to alert you about the bed because <laughs> when we travel, we Pack travel. Your chainsaw. Right. Well, we we travel as a family of three. Brian and I are a couple and we have a son, right? And so he sleeps either on the couch bed or a lot of the staterooms have a a bunk bed that kind of comes down from the wall. And so he will sleep in usually one of those two options. But the the couch bed is quite comfortable for a, a normal size adult. We've sailed with a friend who has slept well, in that we should couch ask, bed. We should, ask Emma, we should ask Emma that. Did, did, was the couch bed actually legitimately comfortable or was our friend just lying to us the one time he slept on it? It was comfortable. It was the, You can tell that they've made it, assuming that people are going to be sleeping in it a lot. It's not like kind of when you get the beds at home that come out only for Christmas and they're not really made as a bed. It definitely, it is designed as a bed. And I like the way it didn't kind of fold out. It was just the same floor plan as it was, but it turned into a bed. Sometimes you end up like climbing over the bed that's pulled out and it you can bang into it and get all bruises on your legs and stuff. But there was no problem with that because it just stayed in its space. And it, it was it was perfectly comfortable. I like the kind of there was like a curtain between that area and the, the big bed and the rest of the cabin. So it was kind of like a, I don't know, very snug in there. <laughs> right. It's not a it's not a convertible sofa, which is what you're kind of what we think of in the US as a convertible sofa. It's not a convertible sofa. It kind of folds out more like kind of like a single Murphy bed that you see in some of the Disney resorts, actually. Yeah. Well, and what I like about it, too, is with the with the bunk bed option, you can actually leave the couch alone and still have the couch. So like frequently our son will be up on the bunk bed watching TV and we can sit on the couch and watch TV with him, which is kind of kind of nice. I'm curious, though, Emma, you've sailed in so many cruise line cabins. And I, I think from the last time we talked to you, I know you initially had a preference for inside cabins because the they were budget friendly. But how did you find the Disney stateroom? Like we we hear so often the refrain, oh, these Disney staterooms are so nice and they're so much more spacious and they have so much more storage. Is that true <laughs> from your perspective? I mean, there was, I think, a, rec- a record amount of drawers and, and shelves in that cabin. They're clearly designed for, for families. And I think the, the floor space of the cabin is quite big. Per- personally, I mean, I like the space. I like the bathroom. I think the actual look of the cabins on the Disney Magic are a bit dated compared to, you know, the other more modern ships I've stayed on. But it but it is an older ship, so it's kind of to be expected. But very, very functional and clean. And we were very happy in that room, yeah. I did book an ocean view because the insides were sold out. That's the only, the only reason, or I would have stuck with my inside cabin. And I did get an upgrade. And it, it seems like because of the reduced capacity, almost everyone I spoke to had had an upgrade or had upgraded for kind of a, a small cost. Um, so that was nice. That was good. I will say too, on the the stateroom decor, Disney's kind of going for that classic cruise liner aesthetic. So it kind of even translates into some of their newer ships. And I agree, it doesn't have the modern look that like a celebrity ship does today or some of the other cruise lines do. So there, it's kind of going with their theming currently. The Wish has a little bit more modern, um, what's the art deco kind of look to the stateroom. So I, so I want to, Head over oh, to wait, dining. Wait, can oh, we ahead. ask about the bathroom for a sec? So I think I think one of the great things about Disney Cruise Line, or not all of the um, staterooms have this, but it, the split bathroom setup. And I, I know that that was unique and new for you. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. It was so it was quite funny because I, I, I kind of did my research, but my mom had no idea. So she went into the bathroom and was like, Emma, where's the toilet? And I was like, mom, there's a different room. Because <laughs> uh, she just she just didn't know. I just decided that we go on a Disney cruise and I brought her along. But yeah, I mean, here in the UK, quite a lot of the old houses have a, a separate room with the toilet in it anyway. The house I grew up in, we had a room with a toilet and then a bathroom. And it works quite well. It's quite functional to have, you know, someone can be brushing their teeth, someone else can have a shower at the same time. So yeah, I, I like that. And I don't think it really, it didn't take up a lot more room just because it was two rooms. It was just quite cleverly kind of organized and it just works. Yeah, I liked it. Well, you mentioned room service, so we got to talk about food. I wanted to ask, you know, just your overall impressions of food on board and the rotational dining. To set this up, I think you you were in the main dining rotation. Is that right? Not late dining? Yeah, the, the earlier one. Yeah. Yeah. So main dining. Yeah. And so wh- how did you find, let's start with food. Just the, the quality of the food on board, how did you find that? I think it was good, yes. I think it's it's comparable to, you know, Princess or Celebrity. I'd say it's kind of the same good cruise food. 
I'm vegetarian and there's quite a lot more vegetarian options than there are on a lot of other American cruise lines. So that's kind of a big plus point from me. Yeah, all the food was good. The thing that I found a bit frustrating was that the buffet wasn't open that much and I just wanted more of the food, more access to the food. But when I got it, it was great. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair criticism. Cabana's always uh, has less hours than I would say buffets on other cruise lines, but even but even more so now. The hours are even more reduced than they than they were pre-COVID. And the selection is highly reduced too. Yes, the, select, the, selection. the overall selection. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I felt like there was a lot of food and all of it was great. I just wanted to be able to go there at, you know, 4 p.m. for a snack or in the evening. And so, some days it would be open 12 till 2. And then I'm sure on the last day it never reopened. And I'm just used to buffets being open. So I got off a cruise last week and the buffet was open 6 a.m. till 1 a.m. with two hours closed in between in the whole day. So it was just a bit of a, you know, I'm just so reliant on going to the buffet whenever I want to. And I just wanted more of those donuts that they had for breakfast but all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I will say that is one place where Disney is different because in the evening, the buffet converts to essentially a table service for dinner pre, pre-COVID. Not right now, it's not, I don't think it's open, but it was a, a spot where families who were like coming back from shore excursions or something like that, who were going to miss their normal dining rotation or dining seating could head and they could basically get the main dining food served to them at their table in a more relaxed kind of way and in a more show up when you want kind of way. So, so yeah, that, that is different. But the only option, if you don't want to do sit down dining right now for dinner is just the grill, right? So getting a burger, I guess room service, but getting a burger or pizza or something like that at one of the, the, the spots on the pool deck. How did you find the shows with the dining? Um, You had Animator's Palette, and I guess that's probably, and you had Rapunzel's. So yeah, how did you find the shows with dining? Because I think that is a fairly unique aspect of Disney cruise dining. I know some other cruise lines do have a show aspect to some of their restaurants, but Disney does it in two restaurants and a three-night cruise. So how was that? Yeah, so I I think the Animator's Palette was probably the highlight of my whole cruise. It It was so funny. It was just entertaining. You just... I've never been anywhere like it. I just didn't know what to expect from it. And it was good fun. I will say that I think I made a mistake by going for the early dining. And everyone told me that in the comments of my review. <laughs> because I went outside of the school holidays just because it was cheaper. And I think that meant all of the kids were two, three, four kind of years old. And it was very loud. And um, there were a lot of children crying and things. And obviously, you're on a Disney cruise. You're not going to complain about them being children there. But in hindsight, if I could go back, because I haven't got children, there's no need for me to be at the early dining. I think <laughs> I would have picked the other one. Yeah. And then the same translates to the shows, right? Because you had early dining and you were going to then the late show, you're also going to have more of those younger kids at that at those shows. They're going to be cranky and ready for bed and their parents are keeping them up late to see the show so that it does, I will say it will affect your um, show experience. So I would definitely recommend to anyone who's doing cruising adults only on Disney, which is really fun and great to do. Yeah, so many, so many people doing adult only. Yeah, do the do the late dining, see the show before dinner, and then you can do your adult only activities after dinner. Yeah, there there is a pathway here where the ship can almost feel like two different experiences if you're adults only, where you can get in the flow of main dining and late show and that kind of stuff where it feels like you're more on the family side of the cruise. Whereas it's very interesting to me if you do late, if you do late dining and the the show in between dining and then late dining bleeds right into adult activities and all that sort of stuff, it can it can start to feel like two totally different cruises pretty quickly. But yeah. I am curious about one aspect of your <laughs> review that you mentioned which was Thor's hammer flying across the uh, across the restaurant and animators palette. And I'm just like, we have, we have, we were, we were going, Oh my God, I don't think I've ever had that happen to yeah. me, but, but what, I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> I think so my mom's always kind of worked with kids and I think she was a bit of a magnet and she was on this cruise for kids who like they'd have one little girl had like a Rapunzel like hair on and she span around and hit my mom with it. And then she got hit with the kid, like throwing a Thor hammer and stuff. And it just all happened to my mom. Um, (laughs) yeah no it just she's just a magnet for her i don't know why she must look i think she looks like not threatening um so maybe kids wouldn't throw it at me and they think it's fine my mom but yeah she was she was a good sport with it all like we we just came and had a good time and just went with it but 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. How did you find, I'm curious how you found the show in Rapunzel's too. Cause that's, the, that's, I'll, I'll be honest. That's one we haven't gotten to experience yet. We've just booked a cruise in January on the magic. So we will finally get on board the magic fingers crossed. But how did you find Rapunzel's Royal, uh, Royal table? It was a bit strange because the first night we had on board, we saw the, the Tangled show in the theater. And then it was the next day we were in Rapunzel's room. So we were hearing, you know, just the same three songs again the next night, which I mean, it was fine. It was a bit strange because we were kind of stomping and clapping and quacking and trying to eat at the same time. But everyone else, <laughs> you know, seemed to enjoy it. And uh, unlike anything I've done before, but it was just odd that it was, you know, I was just tangled. Yeah, tangled everything on this cruise. I, I have to say, I do, I think that is kind of weird. So one, you know, they don't have Tangled Restaurant or the show on the other three ships. And I don't know why they don't split up the restaurant and the show. For example, the Disney Wonder has a Tiana's place on board and is, but does the Frozen show. So they could just easily swap, you know, Frozen and Rapunzel's the shows and, and make it so you wouldn't have the same restaurant and show on the same ship. Cause I agree. I think it ends up, I mean, I love Tangled, so I'm, I can't wait to go on the magic, but it seems a little weird to have the show and the dinner show of the same theming. Yeah. I think they, I mean, it's a really nice dining room and the way they've done it, when you walk into it, it's, it, it has got that kind of magic about it. It just, just struck me as a bit odd just to hear the same three songs that we heard yesterday, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you find the activities on board compared to some of the activities that you found on other cruise lines? I know you, I think you mentioned the bit limited right now for, and you know, especially if you're not super into Disney, even more limited, but I mean, I mean how did you find the activity offering on board? I mean, obviously I was doing a three day cruise to nowhere from the UK. So you, it's not a proper Disney experience where we're doing excursions every day and getting off and going to the beach. But I shared kind of screenshots of the daily schedule in my my video and just said, you know, sometimes there would be three or four hours where the only thing happening was like meet and greet waves, people waving, which was a bit odd because you can't get close to the characters because of COVID. So it was kind of stand a few meters in front and, and wave at Mickey Mouse. But apparently there's normally more things on than there was on this cruise. Uh, there were various things, you know, like trivia, and we watched quite a lot of Disney movies, obviously, on the Disney cruise. Yeah, it was definitely more on the kind of relaxing side than if you took, you know, a Norwegian or Royal Caribbean cruise or the other ones I've done this summer. But I mean, that was fine. Did you experience any of the adult areas on the ship, Emma, since you're traveling without uh, without kids? I'm just curious if you managed to make it into the adult areas. There was kind of a pub on board, which surprisingly, I didn't spend hardly any time in the pub, which normally in the UK, we spend most of our cruise in the pub. And then there was a lounge too. And sometimes, uh, sometimes the activities and the trivia would not be Disney related, which was, which was amazing. But yeah, I tried not to kind of, it felt for me, the pub was kind of, it had no windows or anything. and It was quite enclosed and I didn't want to spend my cruise for, for me going on it just out of curiosity. I didn't want to spend my cruise just kind of hiding away in the pub from everything. I wanted to be out because you, you see things just happening. You just bump into, you know, uh, drawing a Disney character or we went to kind of Frozen, the festival thing by the pool deck and stuff. And we wanted to just be, just just see what's happening, just kind of go with the flow. So we didn't spend too much time sat really in the bars. The drinks are quite expensive compared to the other cruise lines. So I didn't have too many, although I did have a lot of um, included sodas. When we kind of got room service and stuff, I would just run back to the pool deck and get the included drinks because that's just how, you know, that's just what I would do. I prefer to walk rather than pay. But we didn't we didn't spend too much time on this cruise, kind of just sitting in the bars, which I would probably do a bit more if drinks were cheaper or, you know, drinks packages. And on a longer cruise, you probably would spend a little bit more time in, in the pub as well because you, I mean, obviously... You're you're wanting to check out the whole ship. You only have three days. You've got to you want to see everything. Yes, yeah, it's, it's tricky in three days to to just to, even just to see everything, let alone to do everything and to see every place on the ship. So I was very much you know a three day cruise. It sounds like a lot, but three it's not a three night cruise. It's two days and kind of an evening. So yeah, I tried to just see as much as I could, and I I really wanted to meet the other people on the ship, and I met so many other people who kind of told me why they love Disney and how much their kids liked it or they had uh, certain reasons for 
why they love Disney. They love the people they've met before. They love doing all the door decorating and stuff like that. And it was kind of for me like a bit of a like an undercover mission to find out, you know, <laughs> what makes it what makes it tick. And in three days, it was quite hard work to do that, but I did my best. You're tr- you're trying to figure out who are these crazy Disney cruisers and why do they love it so much? You're kind of on you're like you said you're like a detective on a mi- on a mission. I'm like, where did everyone get these things? Everyone's got matching stickers and door things and ears and stuff. And I, I wasn't prepared enough, I don't think, or I would have got all of my ears and stuff before, before time. But I just got off of another cruise within a week. So it was, it was just crazy. There's a whole subculture over on Etsy that you can find that will equip you, equip you adequately for your, your next time on board. Your comment about the drink pricing is interesting to me too, because I think we, I think it's so dependent upon where in the world the, the ship is. Because here in the US, for instance, I think we find the drink pricing on board to not be crazy. And it's in line with other cruise lines. And, and I've even had, we've had some folks on the show who said it's cheaper than a night out in New York City, right? And so, so it's, it's just interesting to hear that, uh, that perspective for sure. I think it is a kind of um, American cruise line thing anyway, compared to the British ones. The drinks tend to be quite a lot cheaper on here. <laughs> and obviously, I'm trying to work out how much it is in dollars and how much that is in pounds. I can't remember what, what is the place, the like coffee kind of place. Oh, Cove Cafe. That's it. For like a coffee in there it was like $6.50. And on kind of the British cruise lines, it's like £1.52 pounds maybe. And it's yeah, it's just, it was kind of double what I was used to, but I mostly drink soda anyway. So if I only drink soda on a cruise, I'm quite happy. Right. And we're used to paying six fifty at Starbucks. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, think, I think it is just a bit of a, a British American kind of cruise line thing. And normally when I cruise with Norwegian or uh, I will buy like a soda package and I don't look too much into the drinks prices. But on this one, obviously I'm taking pictures of every menu and I'm really kind of looking at, at things. Uh, more than I normally would. So just just something that for me and the other British people on there, we were like, (laughs) Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own Disney vacations and just love, love, love our Touring Plans Travel Specialist. She waits on hold when we don't have time. She monitors cruise deals for us and rebooks to get us lower rates on some of the cruise lines that actually where the prices actually do go down (laughs) like Disney Cruise Line. Uh, So she does watch those rates for us and rebook. She steers us toward cruises we would like and room categories and gives us suggestions. And so while we have our preferences, she's always there and available to help us out. And when we plan a parks vacation, it's just gotten so complicated of late with all the new genie technology and everything like I need to rely on someone who really understands what's going on. And she absolutely helps us there as well. So we love the folks over at Touring Plans. What we love most is that the philosophy of Touring Plans aligns with the philosophy of our own podcast. We're not out to sell you a Disney vacation. We're not travel agents ourselves. And so we just like to give our honest opinions and reviews. And I think you'll find the folks over at Touring Plans will also give you their honest opinions and reviews of different sailings and ships uh, and steer you toward the thing that they think is the best for your family. So remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent, especially when booking Disney vacations. Disney pays the travel agent at the time you travel. You're leaving money on the table if you don't use a travel agent. You're certainly leaving expertise on the table if you don't. So we highly recommend the folks over at Touring Plans. Head over there. Check them out. Touringplans.com slash travel. Let them know the DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. Well, another area, Emma, where I think we constantly hear the refrain in the Disney community of, oh, Disney is so amazing, is the Broadway style shows in the theater. And you mentioned Tangled. But look, are, are those shows... Is that show amazing as compared to some of the other things you've seen on other cruise lines? Or is it just that Disney's got a show that has a good story to it? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it was a very good show. You could go out in London and you could see that show and it would be just the same. It would be it's as good quality as you'd find on land. I mean, I think you would find as good shows on Norwegian or Royal Caribbean or other cruise lines. But the difference is, you know, on, on Norwegian, it's going to be like a Kinky Boots or Priscilla Queen of the Desert or something that's, that's, that's not going to work for most kids. It, it was good. It was good. But yeah, obviously no other cruise line has the, the Disney branding, the Disney stories, the Disney music. But it, it just depends. What, it just depends what you want. I met so many people who they couldn't dream of anything better. That's all they all they like. 
And that was great. I mean, for me, sometimes I like a bit more kind of adult musicals and stuff, but I like things to be kind of colorful. I like costume changes and scenery changes and things to keep me entertained. Quite visual like that. And it it was good because it was made with the children in mind. And that works for me. (laughs) Yeah, they do a great job on those stage shows with special effects and scene changes. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. All that stuff. They do a great job. But, you know, one of the things I think right now that's missing, and I don't know if this is on other cruise lines too, is they often have, particularly on the, well, often on even the longer cruises, they have more, but even on the shorter cruises, they often have like a ventriloquist or, or someone who does uh hip, de- um, not hip denizing, whatever that's called. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Some, hypnosis. So, hypnosis. <laughs> thank yeah. you. A hip, thank you. A, hip, a hypnosis person or a comedian or something. So they often have, and, and on Disney, they'll do like, an earlier show for everyone. And then they'll do like an adults only show in one of the adult venues. And right now I don't, well, it hasn't happened on the cruises that we've been on. I'm curious as if they had any of those kinds of performers I'm guessing. No. No. Yeah. And then do they have those kind of performers right now on other cruise lines you've been on since the reopening? Yeah. So I think that that was probably kind of what was missing from this cruise. And when I came back and I said, you know, there really wasn't any kind of live music or big, big lounges where everyone would just listen to a band or singers and things like that and all of the kind of replies I've had is that that's cut down since COVID that's not how it normally is on all the other cruise lines I've been on you know there'll be the normal game shows the comedians the normal entertainment schedule I haven't seen anything else cut down but by any other cruise line so yeah I I feel like I missed out on that stuff a bit and it's quite nice for me to know because obviously this was just It was just an experiment for me. It was just interesting. I just wanted to try it. But it's nice to come back and hear from everybody how this is different because I haven't done it before COVID, so I don't know. And they are starting to bring back, I saw last week, I don't know which ship they're on, but Buckets and Boards is kind of one of those variety acts. And they were posting on their Instagram account that they are back on board one of the Disney ships. In fact, they had a, it has to be the fantasy because they had a photo of them having broken one of the glass bulbs in the ceiling of the tube doing their act. Oh. And so, <laughs> so, so anyway, they are starting to bring some of that stuff back. But yeah, we, we, our experience over the last three months with them, the cruise line is very much like main stage shows. Sometimes that's run multiple times over the cruise. And so, yeah, the entertainment's so pared down. It, it is really pared down. My, my other question is about entertainment. It, I, right now they do have the, I'll call it the evening adult entertainment, which are a couple of game shows like Match Your Mate, which is a, a fan favorite, and a couple of the other ones. They're kind of, yeah, they're, I'll call them game shows also in the, in the adults only areas, usually around 10, 1030, and even sometimes at 11. I'm curious as to whether or not you checked out any of those and, and if so, what you thought. I didn't see any, but I mean, I was on a, I was on a three night cruise. And when I think about it, you know, every day I had dinner, then I had a show and then we had things like the, the frozen thing by the pool and stuff. And I think, it, I mean, the, th- the first night I was just exhausted and that gives me maybe one night to try. And I don't, I just, I didn't see any, I'm sure they were there though. I, I was, yeah, maybe just missed them on this trip, but no, I, I didn't didn't go to any like that. Well, the one the one tip I would give people is to really look at that Disney Cruise Line Navigator app because unfortunately they don't have like signs around the ship like saying here's where to go and what to do, right? It's really everything is in that app. So you have to do a little bit more searching and it's a little harder it's perhaps a little harder to find maybe on other cruise lines because you're having to go into that app to figure out where the thing is and when. Because right now they don't have a lot of e- late evening offerings, but there typically is one or two late evening offerings per night at around that time. Well, maybe we should ask the seasoned cruiser, Emma, here, how she found that Disney Cruise Line app. Uh, Emma, have we confirmed that Disney technology is as bad as we all think it is on board the ship? Or <laughs> how did you find it? Yeah. I don't, I, I think the app was okay. I had no real problems with the app. Um, as far as, I, I mean, I've tried a lot of apps, better than some, worse than some, middle, mid-range app. Um, I've heard this too about the technology being so bad. I mean, apart from kind of on other cruise lines, you'll find obviously more more technology. You'll have the kind of big screens around where you'll have the maps and the daily schedule kind of scrolling through. Uh, maybe if they had more things like that, I would have found things like those game shows. Um, but the actual app I thought was fine for what, what I used it for. Uh, the TV I had in my cabin, I don't know how their TVs work, but it was like a 10 second delay between every button press and my TV 
like moving it. So you had to really kind of want to do that. You can't just like browse. You want, you want every button like matters, which was fine. Um, All I wanted was to watch Disney movies, but. I had the same problem, Emma, just two weeks ago when we were on the Disney Wonder. I don't know if it's something about the technology because they upgraded on the Magic and the Wonder, which are their two original ships. And they they updated it so that you now have those on-demand movies, which were not available originally on the Magic and the Wonder, but were available on the, the Dream and the Fantasy. But yeah, I had the same problem where it was just really slow to react. And it, so it was, I had to wait like, oh, it was a pain. It was, I got it working, but it was a pain. It was just, it was just strange because I could see, you know, I was pressing the button and then the TV would flash because it, it had registered the, it wasn't like a, a battery problem. It had registered <laughs> it and it just, it just took time. And I was thinking, just let me log into my own Disney Plus and like, you'll be so much better than this. But we did manage to watch our films. I think we only watched films that kind of started with like A, B, C, D because we never got down the list because it just took too long. <laughs> but it was, it was fine. We didn't use the TV for anything other than kind of watching movies. Yeah, I did. I did find on our last cruise, I had to kind of have some idea of what movie I was looking for and then head straight for it. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, um, and I'm also curious about your I know that from your video again, I know you did not have the greatest weather. It was not Caribbean pool weather for your cruise. But comparing the the kind of the pool deck, the uh, the things up there, the water slide, the pools, that kind of stuff to some of the other ships that you've uh, you've been on. Obviously, Scarlet Ladies Pool is no comparison oh, to yeah. Disney or anyone else, but <laughs> but that Disney pool deck, how did you find it as compared to some of the other ships you've you've been on? Yeah, I think it, I think it's a really nice pool deck. I think there's a lot of space where clearly they have space for people to sunbathe. Obviously, we didn't see anybody sunbathing on our cruise because it was <laughs> I mean, people braved the pools and people braved the slides, which looked terrifying, but it definitely wasn't a sit outside and sunbathe kind of cruise. But I liked it. I liked the top deck. I liked the, the different areas. You could just wander around there. Often we would just go for a wander, see what was happening. And uh, it was quite nice. Sometimes on some cruise ships, you you struggle to kind of just wander around because you have to keep going up and down and it gets a bit confusing. But I, I like the top deck of the ship and I really like the promenade deck as well. I like a ship where you can wander all the way around. Yeah, I love that you can do a full lap on those Disney cruise ships because some of the other cruise lines, it it's, ends up being a U instead of a full circle, right? Well, Emma, one last area where we are told that we are just so spoiled and that, you know, I, I look, I think it is great, but I am a little skeptical that it's the only game in town is service and the cast member interactions on board Disney Cruise Line. I'm curious how you found the service on board, especially in comparison to some of the other lines you've been on. I'm assuming, for instance, Viking has fabulous service, but but how about some of the other cruise lines you've been on? Yeah, so the service was great. We could never fault anything with anybody. They could never do enough for you. Anything you asked for, I'm sure they would uh, get it for you. I think the kind of difference between the Disney service and the other uh, kind of service is on Disney, they really take the time with the kids, you know, they'd like hold the kids hands and walk them to the table and help them with their drawing and stuff like that. They had a bit more time for that. Whereas on other cruise lines, the waiters, they're just trying to kind of do their job and get done. And, and it's less of that kind of um, for the kids. For me as an adult, I mean, I don't need a, a lot of that kind of service. <laughs> you you don't I, need the waiter to cut up your steak. Well, I know you're a vegetarian to cut up your portobello mushroom. <laughs> yeah, help me help me do my coloring and stuff and animate the palace. But the service was very good. But I think it's as good as the the other cruise lines, the celebrity or princess or I just took a P and O cruise and the the service was the same. They're normally nice people that work on cruise ships. They pick the people who are nice. I just feel like they have more time to kind of talk to the kids. And they, I mean, they would remember things like what your drinks were and they would just appear, which was really cool. But yeah, generally, I think the cruise industry has really nice people working in it because you wouldn't last very long if you weren't nice in the cruise industry. So yeah, it, it was good. But I mean, for me, it was the same, the same good as the other cruise lines. Yeah. Speaking of that, how did you like the concept of rotational dining? Because I know you've experienced, um, I'll call it free range dining on other cruise lines where you have really a ton of choices of where you're going. You'll get obviously different wait staff at every location, but this was your first time with Disney's rotational dining and what you thought of the sort of the, the setup, the concept and how that worked. Yeah. So I think in, in practice, it worked really quite well. And it was perfect for us on a three-day cruise because there were three kind of dining rooms. So everybody got to try everything. 
sometimes on some cruise lines, you spend a lot of time trying to like book restaurants and stuff like that. And although it's more structured on Disney, you know where you're going. It did work. It did work well. For me, sometimes I just... I don't like to be told where to go. I like to just think, <laughs> oh, today I feel like, you know, Mexican food. Today I feel like this and that. But it, I see why they do it. It makes perfect sense. For me, I don't really feel the need to have the same waiters come with me because I, I don't have any kind of intolerances or anything that I just order off the menu. I'm not kind of customizing it and stuff like that. But I imagine if you're a family, if your child is, you know, allergic to nuts or something, having the same waiters who know that and follow you around, probably very, very useful. I am curious, did you let them know that you were vegetarian at all when you were on board? And did they, did that? so sometimes they'll really then dig into the menu with you or ask you if there are things you want. Did, did you let them know about that? Only not kind of pre-cruise, just when they come over and they say, is there anything, you know, you need to know? I'll just say, oh, vegetarian. But there's plenty, there's so much vegetarian kind of options on the menu. I actually had choice um, sometimes on some of the other kind of American cruise lines, like Norwegian, particularly bad, I think, for vegetarians. You have normally on the American cruise lines, I have the vegetarian choice. There's normally (laughs) one. Whereas on Disney, there was always a couple. And sometimes it would be, you know, three of the starters would be vegetarian, which was a treat for me. The British cruise lines, I have to say, do much better vegetarian and kind of vegan food because we have a much higher percent. I was looking into it, we have a much higher percentage of vegetarians in the UK than the US. So it just makes, makes sense. But yeah, it was nice for me to have choice. I didn't feel like I needed to tell them if I was kind of intolerant to something I probably would have done but yeah it was always I never needed to customize anything or change anything it's always something that looked nice so I just ordered it yeah that's a good point because there's a big difference uh vegetarian I think it's super easy on Disney Uh, there's a big difference if you've got some kind of gluten intolerance or if you're vegan it becomes quite a bit harder because the vegetarian dishes are typically not vegan so there are definitely different levels of ease, but I, I think you hit it on the head. I think it's really easy to be a vegetarian on Disney. Yeah, it was good. I mean, just not, not, I'm not trying to promote British cruise lines, <laughs> although it sounds like I am. Um, but I, w- I just got off one two days ago, so it's quite fresh in my mind. But I just did a P&O cruise and every meal had like a vegan starter, main and dessert at least which I thought was good for the vegans because often the vegans have to, you know, eat fruit salad and stuff. So there are cruise lines if, if you are vegan and you want to eat completely vegan. Uh, but Disney would, they would amend anything for you. They would do anything for you. Do not worry that you're not going to eat because they'll, they'll do anything. Yeah. You mentioned the the magic of them bringing you your favorite drink every night. And so just, uh, you know, for everyone out there, be careful your first night when you order drinks. That's going to be the drinks that they bring you automatically for the rest of your cruise. <laughs> and so, they'll, they'll bring you they'll bring, they'll bring you, you other stuff. stuff but yeah, but you'll, yeah. yeah. But you'll get whatever that first night you ordered. They'll probably bring well, you and if automatically. You add on the next night, if you're like, oh, I'll have a Diet Coke tonight. And the next night you order an iced tea, suddenly there's a Diet Coke and an iced tea. So just just they want to please you. So just be prepared <laughs> yeah. for that. And you, you can see them. You can see, you know, me and mom would have Diet Coke most of the time. We could see see two Diet Cokes permanently sat there waiting for the next. <laughs> so, you know, you, I mean, it's great. But I, it's all I wanted. But if I wanted someone else, I probably would just have the Coke anyway, because we're already there. <laughs> Why not? And, and if you tell them, no, 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 I don't want that. They get this like almost disappointed look on their face. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought it was interesting. You said about the, the wait staff with the children. I, I, you know, I hadn't thought about it before, but the wait staff on Disney are kind of they kind of serve this dual role of being wait staff and children entertainers, like camp counselors. <laughs> I, I met someone on my last cruise who was a a room steward and did and did waitressing, which I didn't I didn't know that crossed over. But yeah, on my last cruise, there was a a man who was a a room steward in the morning and a waitress in the evening. <laughs> It's hard work. <laughs> wow. Yeah, for sure. So I'm curious, Emma, one other place where we hear Disney Cruise Line is the best, although we're starting to hear maybe it, there are others out there that are doing it well too, is kids, right? Kids clubs. You mentioned it with the dining staff, but with the kids clubs, did you go to any of the kids clubs open houses or talk to anyone about the experience for kids on board? It sounds like you didn't have a ton of, like you had a lot of young kids on board, not um, kind of the kids club age kids, but did you see the kids clubs? Did you have any reactions to what you've seen on board other cruise lines there? Yeah, so I mean, I I was a cruising child who tried the kids club, so I kind of have an insight from the inside. But I I mean, I was cruising with just adults, so I didn't really have any reason to go in the kids clubs. But I met other people and their kids. I mean, I think they had a problem getting their kids out of the kids clubs, and they were kind of thinking, why doesn't she want to come and hang out with us? She just wants to be in the kids clubs. 
But yes, I mean, I'm sure the kids have a great time in there. I had a great time in the kids clubs. I used to cruise with Norwegian when I was a child and I loved it. It was so much fun. I, th- I th- Yeah, it's, it's kind of just the Disney branding, I think, that makes the kids clubs different. What kids like to do, they, they, you know, they like to do on all cruise lines. It'll be the same sort of playing games and having uh, pizza parties and pajama parties and all the kind of same things on the different cruise lines. They have the Disney characters, the Disney music, the Disney everything, which must be, if you're a Disney, you know, a, a Disney child, it must be just amazing. Yeah. They, and they do things like uh, superhero, like Marvel Academy and things like that. They'll bring in Doctor Strange to do some kind of, you know, Heroes Academy and they'll bring in a Jedi. To your point, it, it's not dissimilar from other cruise lines, but because they have the Disney IP, they can do Disney branded activities. Yeah. I think on other cruise lines, it will be, you know, princess party or like superhero, you know, just a a nondescript kind of, yeah, generic stuff. Whereas on Disney, they can show the Disney movies and and everything on there. Yeah. Well, they would not be able to peel me out of, I forget if it's Edge or Vibe that has the video games, but there's like these great little video game, like cubicle things that you can just like lay in and play. I would, I would wish they would, dear Disney, make that for adults. Uh, That would be my spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emma, I just have two questions left for you here before I hand it over to Sam for rapid fire. And maybe the first question is just who would you recommend a Disney cruise to or, or maybe would you recommend it? And then to whom? OK, so just thinking about the people I met on this cruise who want to throw themselves completely into the Disney everything. I think there's no other cruise line like Disney for the kind of pre-cruise community making the friends in the Facebook groups, buying the things on the Etsy for your doors and your ears and all of that stuff. If you're somebody who wants to completely throw yourself into all of that, no other cruise line is like that, has that kind of community, has that kind of passion for for Disney. I think you have to be a Disney person, which makes perfect sense. I don't think it's for me. And I think I knew that before I went into this Disney cruise and it was more kind of an investigation on who it's for. But if you, it doesn't have to be just for kids. I think that's the thing I learned too. There's so many, so many adults only who cruise on Disney, but you have to be ready to kind of go all in on the Disney cruise. You can't just kind of go on the Disney cruise and <laughs> only, you know, you, ha- you have to be ready for all the music is Disney music over the tannoy, all the movies are Disney. And you have to just love that stuff. And so many people live and breathe that. That's a good point. Even in the adults bar where there's a piano player, often they're playing Disney tunes on the piano. So you're right. It it is an immersive experience. Yeah. And I think I would say for me, cruising on Disney as an adult, it's about those moments of, of, it is about those moments of whimsy, right? I can go to the spa on any cruise line. I can have a good drink on any cruise line. We can have good dining on a lot of different cruise lines. We enjoy Disney dining, but, but it is about those like, oh, there's Mickey in the atrium and hey, yeah. it just brings back that sense of and childhood just, for yeah. a moment. That's just, and I drew a character and it's on the screen, right? Yeah. yeah. That was so cool. Fun was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's also a good point for for like I think for kids like uh, to go back to the kids club for a second, unless they love Disney characters or Marvel or or Star Wars or that kind of stuff, like that is what the kids clubs are about, and they're really themed out for that. So yeah, uh, I mean most point. most of the cruise lines have a, a thing. Um, so I know some some kids who are obsessed with Lego and MSC a partner with Lego. So if you're a Lego kid, an MSC cruise. If you're a Disney kid, a Disney cruise. Most of them have have some sort of partnership with some sort of a. Uh, branding but yeah kids clubs it's just fun to be on a cruise if you're a kid for me the things i remember about cruising as a kid are being able to go you know to the buffet and get pizza when my family had a formal sit down meal and i didn't want to go or going in the hot tub with my new friends that i made and i thought i was so cool because i had american (laughs) friends none of my friends did um and things things like that wow american kids are cool (laughs) it was so cool to me so cool when i was 13 or 15 (laughs) <laughs> now does msc have lego activities for adults because if so uh we're changing the name of this podcast and i'll tell you i'll see sam sam can continue on i'm gonna go start a new podcast but no i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah i'm afraid i don't think i have seen any but you would think they would just open up like a lego room or something wouldn't they but they have giant kind of lego uh statues around and stuff like that on msc oh, amazing amazing well here here's my last question emma i think you you noted in your review the 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 sort of ultimate question for Disney Cruise Line, kind of, is it worth it, right? Because you, I think you said at the end of your review, you're going on another cruise. It might have been the one you just got off of or a future one, but it was like less money, 
twice as long, twice as long included drinks, airfare, right? yeah, yeah, drinks, like a whole bunch of stuff. And so how do you how do you balance out that value proposition? I know a lot of people come to you asking about cruises and which ones they should take. And so is it really just if you love Disney, pay the premium? Or is there anything more that you would add into that kind of equation? It, it kind of is how much is how much is the Disney magic worth to you? It's what it comes down to. And it's completely different for every person. So many people I met on board absolutely live and breathe it. They love it. It's so worth it to them. And it's definitely worth it to some people. For me, it's not worth it to me because I'm definitely a budget cruiser. As you say, I've just booked a cruise that is a fifth of the price I paid for my Disney cruise per night, which is insane. And I don't need that. I don't need the shows to be Disney. I don't need that Disney magic particularly. But if you love that, you're not going to get that anywhere else. So it's, it's very, you know, very personal for me. The cruise I took was pretty expensive because, you know, it was limited. They knew that they were going to sell it out. Limited um, supply, supply and exactly, demand. Yeah, they, yep. could, they could charge whatever they wanted. But for me, I could cruise in the biggest cruise ship in the world with an all-inclusive drinks package and an amazing cabin for the price I paid for my Disney cruise. And the Disney magic is not worth that for me. It's 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 not. Um, but for plenty of people, yes. And I think... I think you know how much it's kind of worth to you. The Disney, you know, people who are on there who love Disney, it's like runs through their veins. Like they know (laughs) that it's for them. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that's, like you said, it's a different calculus for each person. And that's why we, yeah. And that's why we encourage people to, you know, to compare and contrast because for some people, like you said, I think there's a cruise line and you said this in your, in your YouTube video. There is a cruise line for every person, but not every cruise line is for every person. Yes, absolutely. Because I, I mean, someone's ideal cruise would be my worst nightmare, and my ideal cruise would be someone else's worst nightmare, which is good because it would be so expensive if everyone just wanted exactly the same thing. <laughs> good point. Good point. Horrible. Well, Emma, I'm going to hand it off to Sam here for a rapid fire round because it's her favorite part of the show. And so, Sam, you want to take it away? I am speed. Yeah, so I've got a list of questions for you, Emma, that are your favorites from this Disney cruise in particular, because I know this is the only Disney cruise you've been on, so I can't ask you sort of a general of Disney Cruise Line. So what was your favorite rotational dining restaurant? Animator's Palette. Yes, yes. Correct answer. <laughs> no, there are. I should say there aren't correct answers in this. In this uh, rapid fire, there are no wrong answers. There are no right answers. There is only Sam's judgment. But yeah. Right, but there's my, there's my judgment, and and from my judgment, that was a correct answer. What was your favorite food item? Oh, item. Oh, I had room service cookies that were huge and fabulous. Room service cookies. Yum. Love it. All right. What was your favorite space on the ship? Oh, oh, tricky. I think it would be an outside space. Um, I think I'm going to go with the promenade deck because I like the, it had the traditional woods that they have on proper promenade decks. And it had this really strange part where you could see all of the kind of ropes and the mechanics and stuff. And I've never mm-hmm. been on a cruise where you can see all of that stuff. And as a bit of a ship nerd, it was quite cool to see all of that. So I'm going to go with that strip. That's strange place I came across by accident. <laughs> what was your favorite onboard activity? Oh, I didn't do much apart from eat. Well, there uh, you go. That's an activity. <laughs> Maybe tangled the musical as, as an activity because that was that was really good. Cool. What was your favorite stage show? I don't know. Did you have more than one? Yeah. So we had uh, the Tangled the Musical and then we had one which was called something about making a wish or a dream or something. And it was yeah, Disney was, Dreams probably. That's it. Yes. Disney Dreams. I th- I think Tangled has it. It was it was just really good. Yeah. And then my my last question for you is what was the favorite character you got to see or meet walking around the ship? Oh, tricky. Oh, I th- I just think it's going to have to be Mickey and Minnie if I can have Mickey and Minnie just because of the welcome kind of show that they do and the dance. And I walked back through the atrium so many times on that first day and they were doing the same dance, jumping up and down. And I just thought it must be exhausting, but it was full of energy. Uh, so I'll sit with Mickey and Minnie Mouse, please. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love the Atrium show. I, I sing along with it now because now that I've heard it several times, <laughs> I, know this, I know the song. <laughs> We're going to have such a good time. It's yeah. good, 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 good time. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> well, I- 
I so I'm going to ask one last. I have one last question here before we wrap up. As uh, just thinking through this, so Emma, fast forward ten years, twelve years, fifteen years in the future. Maybe you have a family now and a, and a little one, and the Disney Wish is parked in Tilbury. <laughs> would you Would you consider going back on a Disney cruise at that point because you, you you might be in a little bit different circumstance, or do you still think you would you would kind of go to other other cruise lines for the uh, the price? Maybe, but I would want to do I would want to do a a hot private island kind of cruise rather than one that's near here. Maybe it would have to be a cheaper price than the price I paid for this one. Put it that way. But, but you want to go. You want to go to Castaway Key or Lighthouse Point in the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, you'd have to. You'll have to couple it with a fabulous trip to Walt Disney World and uh, hop on hop on the Wish out of Port Canaveral. And yeah, I you know I do think that there is something to experiencing Castaway Key on a Disney cruise. That sometimes uh, sometimes people find that to be you know something they want to experience again and again. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Emma, do you want to let folks know where they can connect with you? You have fabulous videos uh, up on YouTube. So wh- why don't you let folks know where they can connect with you? So our our listeners who want to understand some of these other cruise lines you've been mentioning, PO, MSC, can go find out more about them. Okay, so I keep things very simple now. So my YouTube channel is called Emma Cruises. My website is emmacruises.com. I'm Emma Cruises on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and anywhere else where I have a social account. So it's just Emma Cruises. And I talk about all, all kinds of cruise lines, American cruise lines, British cruise lines, Italian cruise lines, Greek cruise lines. I'm trying it everything at least once. Um, so I have kind of a, a, wide, a wide selection of cruise lines, now including Disney, which is cool. Awesome. Fabulous. Fabulous. And I saw your photo the other day of uh, tea time aboard what must have been a P&O cruise. Oh, which yes. Afternoon tea. Sam and I cannot wait to get back to London for a tea time next year in September. And so, I'm obsessed, uh, obsessed with afternoon tea. <laughs> so we're going to check out P&O cruise lines at some point, I think, oh, Sam. Oh, you, you would love it. Yes. We went a couple of times to afternoon tea. Yes, definitely. Well, Emma, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your experiences on Disney Cruise Line. And uh, for everyone out there listening, I'll say it again. You should head over to Emma's channel and subscribe. We follow along on all of her cruises. She's so fun to watch. And uh, her video over there on Disney Cruise Line, I think is really sort of a nice balanced perspective around the cruise line uh, as it as it sits today. Of course, as COVID protocols change and activities uh, ramp back up, you know, there will be more onboard offerings. But I do think her video is a nice balanced uh, look at her experience on Disney Cruise Line. So she head over there and check it out. Thanks, Emma, for coming on. Thank you very much. Well, we really can't thank Emma enough for taking the time to come on our show all the way from the UK. Emma runs just an amazing blog and vlog reviewing all kinds of cruise lines. She has a ton of experience and she loves to help guide people through making the decision about which cruise is going to be best for them. She helps literally tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people a year make these kinds of decisions and educate themselves on cruising. So if you have not checked it out, head over, check out Emma Cruises on YouTube and her blog. It is invaluable information and we love following along with all of her travels. With that, we do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. Blows my mind, by the way, that we have surpassed the 100 review mark. Let's keep these reviews coming in so we keep having reviews to read on the air. And I did want to say, if you've got some feedback about the show that you don't think warrants five stars, look, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com. Leaving an anonymous review online is great and all, but we prefer to have a conversation with you and understand, you know, what we can do a little bit differently. So... With that, though, we our five-star review this week comes from Clark Katek, Katek, K-A-T-E-C. Sorry, Clark, if I butchered that. Clark writes, so much great info. As someone who is in the process of planning our first Disney cruise, this podcast is so incredibly helpful. I have listened to several other DCL podcasts, but DCL Duo is by far my favorite. The hosts in this podcast cruise frequently, stay updated on the DCL news, and share information in a concise and helpful way. Well, thank you, Clark. That is our aim. Uh, while we are sailing frequently now, I should point out that is a little bit of a product of the circumstance of the pandemic and we had some vacation time built up and some cruises that we stacked up against one another so you know our cruising will slow down here over the the course of the next uh next year or so but we still aim to cruise as often as we can and we love bringing our honest information to the show we try very hard to edit this down concisely to get you the core information you need and not a lot of the extraneous stuff goes on when we record these shows on a regular basis so 
Thank you, Clark, for the review. Really, really appreciate it. With that, as always, I want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. And please remember to tell all your friends about the show. We we want to grow our audience. We want more people to hear our show. And so let everybody know you're cruising with all your friends about the show so that we can, we can get our name out there. If you'd like to leave us a question or be a guest on the show, as I said, email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo Vlog and Podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. You can also head over to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for even more great content. We have been posting a few more videos here on uh, our YouTube channel, so head over there, check those out. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse over to touringplans.com slash travel and book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and join one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our patrons rounds out there. Thank you for helping to support our show each and every month. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.